We break down the biggest potential upsets in college football in Week 5. Ronald Acuna Jr. becomes the first player in MLB history to hit 40 homers and swipe 70 bases. And the Milwaukee Bucks trade for Portland guard Damian Lillard. Check it out and more on Crane & Company. Hey to all our listeners out there, thank you guys so much. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, however, make sure you leave us a five-star review and share the show. If you got some time, head over to YouTube or The Daily Wire. Sign up, hit that subscribe button. Thank you guys. Spencer Rattler's not going to win the Heisman. But in my opinion, he is without a doubt the most important player to his team's success in the country. Without him, who knows where South Carolina would be so far this year and beyond. He's playing behind an offensive line that wasn't super talented to start the year, and they've been riddled by injuries along with that. He's had to operate without some of his prime targets, like Juice Wells, who's going to be out against Tennessee. And the Gamecocks lost some big-time pieces in the portal in the offseason, like Marshawn Lloyd to USC and Jaheim Bell to Florida State. Yet he is still finding a way to excel against those odds. He has the arm talent, the football IQ, and enough wiggle to extend plays inside and outside of the pocket. He will also hang in there and take hits from blitzing defenders and defenders in general. He isn't afraid to throw the check down or throw the ball away if necessary, which is a strength all on its own. He can fit the whole shot versus cover two in there. He can also throw the lollipop fade when he has to. And it's not like the Gamecocks are relying on a stout or elite defense to keep the game low scoring so they can hang in it. Right now, the Gamecocks currently rank 121st in the country in team defense. Damn. But in my opinion... The most important jump that Spencer Rattler has made is in his leadership. Now, there were many legitimate questions in Rattler's past about how he handles things when it's not going good or how he responds to adversity. But the new Spencer Rattler leads by example. He doesn't pitch fits. He pitches damn good games. He doesn't make excuses. He makes big-time throws. And while South Carolina isn't the greatest team on earth, they have one heck of a leader at quarterback. And that's a testament to not only Spencer and his family, but the culture that Shane Beamer has created at South Carolina. He's made himself a lot of money this year as well, not just by carrying the team, but how he carries himself. And that is true leadership. Bring him yeah, up. Big facts, brother. big facts, big facts. Former Michigan quarterback, David Cohn, my brother, former Western State Colorado wide receiver, uh, Blaine Crane. You. Guys, you know, it's easy to sit up here and talk about Caleb Williams, and we should. Mm-hmm. It's easy to sit up here and, and talk about Bo Nix and, and Quinn way. Ewers and, and Jordan Travis and Jaden Daniels. But when I watch Spencer Rattler, it, when we're talking about most valuable players to his team, not saying that, that there would obviously be a big drop-off if Caleb Williams you know, was, was left USC. Yeah. But USC's got a ton of weapons mm-hmm. as well. Bo Nix has a ton of weapons. Jordan Travis, hell, Jordan Travis has some of the weapons that Spencer Rattler had. Mm-hmm. Spencer Rattler and Leggett is an incredible player. NFL player. NFL player without a yep. doubt. But, man, you talk about a guy getting the most out of what he has around him. Yeah. Spencer Rattler is South Carolina. I think Drake May at North Carolina and K.J. Jefferson at Arkansas Agree with that. are up there, too. But if you put those three out there in front of me, I probably would still stay, 
take Spencer Rattler. I agree with you on this. And I'm just so proud of this kid. He came into Oklahoma with a big ego. We know about some of the troubles he had. End up getting benched by for Caleb Williams there. Both of them end up transferring. And since he's come in to South Carolina, he's just, he's humbled himself. And what more could you ask from a kid who, you know, when you have everything when you're 15, 16 years old and you're signing autographs mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be the greatest player who ever played the game, it's easy to let your ego get carried away. He came in, he humbled himself, and especially now that it's not going well. See, anyone can can go out there and be the leader of your team when you're winning a lot of games. Yep. But not only is it not going well and you're losing, you're getting sacked a lot. The offensive line, you know, a lot of guys are getting to you. You're getting beat up, banged up. And still, he comes in every week, does his job. He has a good attitude. And I think you're right about making a lot of money, too. We asked this question before, right? You know, can he play at the next level, given what we've seen from him so far? I think Shane Beamer bringing him over to South Carolina was a great move. And I think he will play at the next level. Mm. Without a doubt. And, and Blaine, it's not like they have this huge run game to lean on. They have a converted wide receiver. And yeah, no. winner kid there, the offensive line. Lost their starting left tackle in the spring. They've lost their their swing guy uh, here recently. And and again, when I watch Spencer during the game, there are times where you know he he will get upset, but it's it's that competitive upset. It's upset at himself. It's the right I'm, kind of. It's upset. the right kind of upset. Uh, but I also see him on the sidelines. If somebody makes a mistake, going over to him tapping them on the head, going over to the offensive line. Hey, we got this. We're in this. And I just again when. It's one of the biggest jumps that I've seen a guy make from a mindset standpoint. And, and I don't think it's a, hey, I know the eyes are on me in the NFL. I know I need to make this change. It seemed genuine. Yeah. He's saying the right things. He's doing the right things. And boy, can this guy play. Well, I kind of go back to last year, and I remember a lot of people put Spencer Rattler in the SEC media days as the best quarterback mm-hmm. in the SEC. And it never was a talent problem with Spencer. Yeah. It never was, right? We said it. We said it multiple times on the show. It's a mentality thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to watch Spencer grow, and I'm, I'm the type of guy, I don't want to see you when everything's going well. Uh, I want to see how you are when you get up after you just got knocked down. That's when you really find out about someone. Mm-hmm. What's their attitude when they get up, when things aren't going well? Can I agree with you 100%? But right now, guys, I mean, him, I would say KJ Jefferson. I think Jayden Michael Daniels. My, JD, I think Michael Penix Jr. is hell, uh, really close. I think you take Michael Penix Jr. off Washington. I don't think they're a great football team. Hmm. No, think- but he's got he's got NFL receivers, I mean, all around him. Polk, I mean, McMillan, all, yeah, all type true, of guys. Yeah, true, true. And I, I think they're a lot better on defense. But what Spencer Rattler's doing right now, kudos to Coach Beamer, what the culture that he has. But I don't, if you're South Carolina, it's so bittersweet because you're going to get better, right? You're going to get better, but you have an elite player quarterback right now. In my opinion, right now, probably the best. I would take Spencer Rattler over every quarterback in the SEC. I, I, I don't think that's a crazy I would. Really? I don't think that's a For crazy like the NFL or just in, in a college team? College team, matter. NFL okay. team. We got a lot, a lot of people said Wegman. I've seen good things from Wegman, but I haven't seen enough. He needs more time. Yeah, I haven't now, seen Now enough. he's out for the rest of your pants. Which is kind of yeah, Wegman. Prayers for the kids. Uh, I, I hate that for him. You know, Max Johnson, though, this is why you have a capable backup who has the unteachable and tangible, which is experience. And it's just unfortunate for AM. It's like their quarterback gets hurt every year. What is this, the last three years? When's the last quarterback they had that didn't get hurt? Mond? Was that the one? Just shows you his durability. It's, it's just unfortunate. And he had a shoulder, but, thing but too, they do. Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't anything that was like. I mean, he missed. A, he didn't miss a lot of time yeah. for one for one injury. But if you look at Cyclone, it's almost like the timeline's a little bit off. Like you wish you could, because it takes time to develop those linemen. That's the difference. That's what takes the longest. And, and you can plug holes in the ship with the transfer portal. And we've seen them attempt to do that. Offensive line, they really didn't get any big pieces or any big names. But you don't want to build the whole ship out of it. So while you're developing. 
uh, that offensive line. And once you get to the point where they're developed, then you'd love to have the Spencer Rattler there. You know, to, to, to yeah, uh, but, be but such a good recruiter. Though. He's such a good recruiter, get and they, good they're recruiting at a high level. And look, Nicholas Harbor needs to get more touches. There's some some young guys on that roster that, that I'm excited about. But you get Spencer Rattler drafted really high. That makes yeah. it a whole heck of a lot easier. Spencer Spencer Rattler's walking right now, so South Carolina can run. That's a great years. way to put it. That's, I think what that's I a great way to put it. And we would love you to walk to that like button, hit that. If you're not subscribed, make sure you're subscribed. Head over to the Daily Wire, uh, grab some uh, merch too over there. We're gonna put the link. Uh, in the description. We're going to get to some upsets, but first, look, you got to stay fresh, right? If you want to add fresh layers to your fall style, we know the seasons are changing. All right, so there may be a little wardrobe update for you. Our friends over at Indochino, they got you covered like a warm blanket in the wintertime. All right, Uh, dressing for success, it can help you look better and be more confident. You got to look good to play good. Yeah, you do. Right? Bengals aren't winning unless they're wearing the all-white. God, those are crispy. God, so crispy. Uh, crispy. So crispy. Uh, for, and, and Indochino has from business casual dress shirts, camp shirts, and even blazers. They got stuff you can wear to the law office and to the tailgate. The versatility is off the charts. It's a true RPO situation. Uh, we've all ordered suits. The order, ordering process was unbelievably easy, but it's not just suits. It's not just shirts. They have, they have high-end stuff at affordable prices. Now you can look great at every event. So add fresh layers to your fall style with Indochino. Go to I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com and use our code booster to get 10% off any purchase $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O. C-H-I-N-O dot com. Promo code booster. Get your wardrobe up. All right. We also got it. We're going to put our link to grab some Crane Company merch, whether it's Get Off My Lawn candles, shirts. We got some new stuff. We were going over designs yesterday. We want to put in there. Do us a favor. If you're going to donate today, go buy some merch instead. We'd really appreciate it. And hit that like button. But look, it smells like an upset weekend in college football. It's a trap. It does. And I'm going to get there, but first, Booster Club, quickly. All right, uh, a couple things here. Let's go to Ryan Stefan. He says, Blaine, give me a shout-out, please. I'm uh, tuning in all the way from Thailand. 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 Ryan, I what is Thailand. up, Ooh, man? Get that sure you, make sad sure you double Ryan, check. Thanks, make sure you double-check everything. Um, he wants to know. No thought, Cliff Kingsbury said, so yeah, what's up? Thoughts on the Illinois football team now? Do you see us at least making a bowl game this season? Should we pull up the schedule real yeah. quick? Look, I love Altmaier. I think is a hell of a player. When he left Ole Miss... Uh, he was right. a guy I definitely kept my eye on. Illinois lost so much defensively. So right now, right now you're two and two. Yep. Um, you lost to Kansas and Penn you State. You got Purdue this weekend, right? So you, you're at Purdue. Yeah. Okay. Winnable. Then you have uh, Nebraska at home. Win. You go to Maryland. Loss. Wisconsin at home. Winnable after you've watched Wisconsin play. Yeah. Um, then you go to Minnesota. Winnable. Don't even say that. Indi- Indiana at home. Win. Um, you go to Iowa to watch other coaching staff get fired. And then you go. To, uh, then you have Northwestern hashtag future. Turn off the I lights. Think, I, I think. I think. I think they make a bowl game. Yeah, I mean they could just because of the fact that the rest of the Big Ten West is it's awful. Is, is awful too. It's I mean, awful. It, it is embarrassing. Well, it's we always talk about how the you know the the difference in the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West. And I, I thought at least you'd have one team. I mean, Wisconsin can still do what I, I thought they were going to do. It's it's going to be tough now and, and look better. Look better. They've looked better recently. Yeah. It's just it. It doesn't look as clean as what I thought it was going to. Big Ten West is just bad, man. It's bad. And Purdue needs time they with need Ryan Walters. Bielema and them lost a lot. They, I mean, you lost. I'm watching Sidney Brown. Multiple yeah, NFL you lose players. Chase Brown. You lose guys in that secondary. There's no way they're going to be able to repeat that. And you lose your defensive coordinator that's now the head coach of Purdue. But even but, then didn't win the uh, division last no, year. No, I, and, and I get it. But look, at the end of the day, the Big Ten West is, is just bad. But I do think Illinois, 
uh, is going to make a, a bowl game, if not just because Altmaier, he got some dog in him. He's not perfect, but I mean, dude, he's so sneaky fast. Like, I forgot who they were playing. He absolutely took off for like a 70-piece, just just out the gate, just shocked me. God, I'm trying to remember who it was. I think Florida I Atlantic. No, it was, it was, I think it was a conference game. It was, or it was early in the year, and I had the over, and it missed by like a half a point. I can't remember who it was again. You got their schedule right there. Who'd they play early? Um, they played They played Penn State early, no. Toledo. No. Um, and Kansas. Kansas. That was it, and it missed by the hook mm-hmm. because they didn't score a point in the fourth quarter. But I watched him absolutely, le- and I know Kansas, you know, done of the steel curtain exactly on defense, but he left everybody. All right, let's go to Chase Mills, dude of my whole life. Hashtag Ask Cranico. If Manny Diaz uh, defense finishes top 10 and Penn State makes a New Year's Six Bowl, does Michigan State make the call to Manny Diaz? I don't know. I think they're going to try and get Mike Elko. Would Mike Elko leave Duke? I think I would leave Duke to go to Michigan State. I think Michigan State's a better job. But here's who I'd watch out for for Manny Diaz. And I don't want Boston College to do this because I still believe in him. But if Jeff Halfley gets fired from Boston College, I think they're going to hire Manny Diaz. You think so? That's what I would watch out for. And look, I, I like Manny. It's a great story, right? You know, kind of what where he came from in the football world to where he is now. Um, do I trust him? I just feel like if you can't win at Miami, and I know Miami hadn't had the best resources here lately, but if you can't win at Miami, how are you going to win at Michigan State? Like, I know it's two totally different regions of the country, but I would think Manny Diaz would have a better chance of winning in Miami right, I mean, than he would at Michigan State. You think so? Yes. Yes. You think it's easier to call think, defenses in, at uh, Miami or Michigan State? I think it's easy to get better players at Miami, which therefore makes it easier to call defense. Mm. All right, let's go to Mighty Ice 1994, also known as uh, Nighthawk. Is Oregon versus Stanford the biggest trap game this week? After this week, Oregon plays Washington and Washington State. And Utah, three games in a row, maybe the toughest three-game stretch in college football this year. Well, I mean, if you're talking about covering, there's a reason I'm not betting mm-hmm. it. Um, but losing Stanford's just not good no, enough. No, it's not good enough. I mean, Cole Kublik came on, and I agree with him. I went back and looked at it. I mean, from a personnel standpoint, I can't believe they only lost to Arizona by one. I couldn't believe I was shocked. Like, if you actually watch the tape on Stanford, they, they are a group of five. They are a mid-level talent group of five football mm-hmm. team. Like, w- without a doubt. Um they're going to get absolutely rolled up by some people. Oregon, I, I wonder, I think Oregon's a 27-point favorite. It just feels like a cover to me from Oregon. Stanford's I, I just, not good. They're not good. They're not good, but it's Man, a lot bigger a game door. than it is for at Stanford than it is for Oregon. You're going on the road. You mentioned the game you just played against Colorado that was very emotional. Then you've got your, the meat of your schedule. Your your separation Saturdays are coming up here in the yeah. next couple of weeks. So I, look, I can see a bad. I, I see a double digit win. Yeah. Are they going to cover the twenty seven? I don't think I, I don't Dan know. Lanning's going to let it happen. I think he's going to keep them focused. I I, so. Well, I think that's one of the I, best. I think about Oregon. Like, and Stanford's not built to come. Like Oregon, they start fast. Right? Yeah. They start fast. They bury kids early. At that point, you're for, forcing Stanford to throw the football. Well, Oregon's up if seven. If you're doing that, you're going to win. Yeah, Oregon's up seven. They get off the bus. I was going to Q Smoke, Jimbo. $5 donation. Appreciate it, Jimbo. What's Texas A&M ceiling for the remainder of the year with Max Johnson under center? How much drop-off without old Wegman? Look, I love Connor's future. He's one of the guys we talked about in the offseason. I think he's going to be a star in the SEC. It didn't start out great against Auburn, but if you actually go back and watch Wegman's tape, I mean, even against Miami, I mean, he made some throws and some plays that, that kept him in this game. But I think A&M's ceiling is just as high with Max Johnson as it is with Connor Wegman. I mean, again, let's not forget the games that Max Johnson has played in. 
Let's not forget the environments that Max Johnson has played in. There is not a defense that he will see that he hasn't seen. There's not an environment that will overwhelm him. There's not a scenario that's going to catch him off guard. And he's a guy that can run a little bit. Yeah. We've seen him be able to, to make all the throws. He throws a really good deep ball. And look, I, I know he's kind of, he's won jobs and then lost them and left. But I do think that if you're going to have, if you look around the SEC, who would you rather have as a backup quarterback? I think there's it's very few places mm-hmm. that LSU with Nessmeyer yeah. is another one. Oh, man. But I, I, Ole Miss with Spencer Sanders, who's 100 years old. Um, but outside of that, man, I mean, who, who in the conference would you look at and say, man, I love their quarterback room? I mean, I'm, and I'm kudos not, for Max Johnson for Mike Wright, maybe at yeah, Mississippi. Right, kudos for Max Johnson for staying here at A and M. You know, believing in believing in the system, believing in Coach Fisher, and even not the, not even the start. I've only heard, heard good things about Max Johnson. Yeah, like I've only. Well, you see what he said just, in his press conference, and he's, and he's getting rewarded for staying. Yeah, and, you know, so Wegman, I think has has a better future. He's going yeah. to be a better player than Max Johnson. Mm-hmm. But in this moment right now, I don't think that that A and M fans should be panicking jumping off the cliff or anything like that, I guess what? You looked better. You, well, yeah, but that's a very small sample size, yeah. and I don't want to take anything away from Connor. There's a reason he won the job. But not only do you have a backup quarterback that we know is physically capable, he also has the unteachable intangibles I mentioned earlier, and that's experience. You can't put that in somebody. Somebody has to go through it. You have about as high a floor as possible for a backup 100%. quarterback. That's very true. Now, I don't think you have quite the ceiling after w- watching Connor Wegman play the way he did, and you're going to need a high ceiling when you go on the road to LSU and you get Alabama at home. So I don't know if he, if Max Johnson provides that kind of spark for them to win the SEC. But he rarely, rarely beats himself. But, you know, at this point, Jimbo doesn't need to win the SEC West as badly as he needs not to have a losing season. Yeah, you need you know, eight like, You need to... You just can't have a devastating yeah. year right now. Let's go to Michelle H. Talking about South Carolina here. She says, we have a tendency to win to win games we're not supposed to, yeah. but ironically lose when we're not supposed to. But I'll keep the hopes alive versus Tennessee. Yeah, it's it's weird. The, the South Carolina dynamic, I mean, you can go back to last year too. It's it's the games that you feel like South Carolina, it just has no chance in. Then they go and they're beating Georgia 14-3 at halftime. Mm-hmm. Or they go and they beat Tennessee. Right? Or they beat Clemson at Clemson. Then the games where you're like, well, if South Carolina did this and that in, in this game and played like that against Georgia, I mean, there's a really good chance that, that they, they're going to be able to hang in there with Tennessee and do this or do that. Uh, it's weird. They're Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but in a weird way. Yeah. You know, you have some teams that, that just play up against bad teams and then against teams that, that are better than them, they just get buried South Carolina kind of pitches backwards just from a seasonal way. Yeah. And you really, think Beamer, Beamer will fix that. Like, that oh, yeah. L- listen, I think a lot of that has to do with depth. Shane, it's, it's up front. Yeah. Like, that's where South, South Carolina, even with what is left, with Marshawn Lloyd, with who is left, Marshawn Lloyd and, and, and uh, Jaheim Bell, South Carolina still has some guys that can play. Like, I even think the kid joiner at running back isn't nice. a bad player. Nice. But on the offensive line, you didn't go get any big pieces during the offseason. You lost Nichols, your left tackle, during spring practice for the season to an ACL, I believe. Your swing guy uh, is is gone for the year. And defensively, you're just not, not very good. They have some young guys that I like. There's a couple that, that can play. I don't think the secondary is awful. But South Carolina is developed. They have Shane Beamer has planted the seeds up front. They're in the process of growing right now, and they're not strong enough to be able to, to operate the way he wants to. 
But from a pass pro standpoint, I do think that the offensive line plays, has played a little bit better since the North Carolina game mm-hmm. where they gave up more sacks than a, than a potato factor. Looked better against Idaho. Georgia than they did against Looked North Carolina. Looked better against Georgia than they surprising. did against North Carolina, at least in the first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's true, Michelle. That's a great point. All right, one more. All right, let's go to uh, Dolly, 7397, $5 donation. Appreciate Thank it, you. Dolly. That Washington-Oregon game is going to be a banger in Woo! Seattle. They both have a bye week going into the game. Payback uh, for Austin last year, hashtag Skoducks. Well, guess what? You know uh, you know how it makes me, David, when I hear about uh, Oregon and Washington about to play. You, yeah, you know how it make makes you. me. You make me happy. I can't wait for some hey, Pac-12 matchup. I want to. Hey, Ryan, do we ever get the other sound on the soundboard yet? I told you. Not yet. Okay. All right. Okay. Wait, I can't wait to see what that one is. Uh, I, I can't, speaking of can't wait, I can't wait for these Pac-12 matchups coming up. Who would have thought? I mean, thought. and they're going to cannibalize themselves. Because like each team, like whether it's USC or Washington or Utah or Oregon, at least at least those four, there's like this four-week span where it's just murderer's row. Uh-oh. Like where they're all playing each other. And on one hand, I even tweeted this out, said that the Pac-12's best chance at making the playoff is that they have all these really good teams. The Pac-12's worst chance of making these playoffs is that they have all these really good teams. But I can't wait. I can't wait. From I a just wait. football Even purity Oregon fan State-Washington State game last week. Dude. Incredible. Oregon State-Utah this Friday. We're going to be at your crib for that. Yes. Mm. I can't wait. Shout out Darby Lou. Yeah. Happy birthday. Bringing over Her some street corn today. dip. Shout out Good Ranchers, by the way. Happy birthday, babe. Yeah, I'm going to get to that. But uh, all right, let's get to some of these upsets. All right, week five, most likely upset upsets. What do you guys have penciled in? Mm. You know, <laughs> typically, the upsets you think are going to happen don't happen. It's like the NCAA tournament, right? Mm-hmm. They always talk about, hey, man, this 5-12. This 10-5? This 5-12 definitely is going to hit. And then all of a sudden, it's like the 13-4. It's like Norfolk State slips up and beats somebody. <laughs> but there's one I'm looking at, and I'm going back and forth on it because the, the problem is when everybody's picking the same upset, the, the favorite in that game, like Clemson-Syracuse, the one I'm going to talk about, Clemson is hearing all this. Mm-hmm. Clemson is hearing, hey, man, y'all can get upset this week about Syracuse. Syracuse always plays y'all great, right? And, and Clemson is in the dream crusher spot, right? Your dreams have been crushed. You're out of the race for the natty. You're too lost, Terry, right now. You're probably out of the race for the ACC. So how are you going to get up the next week going on the road in the Carrier Dome? That's right. I called it the Carrier Dome. I'm not calling it the new name because it's a Carrier Dome. All right? Uh, but they're hearing this. They don't want it. You, don't, you never want to lose. Even though your dreams are crushed, you don't want to go lose, and you've got to go out there and pay the physical price for playing bad. But, man, <clears throat> they're beat up after that Florida State game. Syracuse has all the momentum. The Carrier Dome is going to be rocking. Schrader for saying, I know Gaston's hurt, but they got that tree and Alfred on the outside, right? He's not the one answering the door at the Wayne Manor, okay? He's out there making plays <laughs> on the jump ball. I, I, I don't want to go as far yet to say that I think Clemson is going to lose. But if I had to pick one of these upsets, I, that's not like a, a team that's plus two and a half or like within a field goal game, I'm taking Syracuse because mm. I think Schrader, if you remember last year, and I, I you know, you, it's a different circumstance. So I always say this, but he was able to run the ball really successfully. And in the second half, they kind of went away from it because he was beat up. This game's always close. I just feel like he may hammerhead his way through this thing, and Syracuse can get enough stops. Kate Clubnick played a really good game. 
against Florida State. Can Cade Klubnik snap, you know, stack two game, really good games on each other? Mm-hmm. And can Clemson's skill position players get separation on the outside against the Syracuse defense? I don't. If I had to pick one man, that's Syracuse. And the spidey senses are tingling. I'm Toby McGuire in hard right now. What about Florida on the road at Kentucky? This is plus uh, plus 1.5 Florida right now, plus 100 on the money line. They're only lost to Utah right now. Obviously, they had the big win over Tennessee, but that was in the swamp. Kentucky is 4-0, but they go on the road to Georgia after they play Florida this week. That could be on their minds, too. How do you guys see this one? I could see this happening easily. I don't think that Kentucky's that great of a football team. I don't think Devin Leary looks the same as he did in the past. And I think Florida right now is trending up. And I think Florida, I mean, shout out to Billy Napier, the way they're looking. I think uh, Graham Mertz is looking well. I think Pearsall is an absolute problem at receiver. They got yeah. two of them. That catch you nice. made last week. It's disgusting. One of the best catches I've ever seen in my I mean, life. They should do like um, We get John But Burke. yeah, I, I, could, I could see that. I could see Florida controlling the line of scrimmage. Well, here's, and I ran across something the other day, and and fact check me if I'm wrong on these people, but I believe Kentucky is number one in the country in explosive plays. That's so surprising. But that doesn't mean, their offensive ranks aren't great for Kentucky. That just means that they've hit the most plays over 50 yards, right? Which, again, Thanks, Vandy. Yeah, but Florida, I believe, is like close to last in the country in giving up explosive plays. So... It, it's funny. Some people are like, well, you know, this Liam Cohen offense, it really doesn't remind me that much of what, you know, is a Sean McVay protege. Kentucky's operating like 30% play action. That's straight out of the Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, motions, play actions, things like that. I'm leaning Kentucky in this game because I do think they're confident, and I, lo- I love Ray Davis. I love the running back they got the transfer from Vanderbilt. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the SEC. The Kentucky offensive line isn't great, but I think Ford is a lot different team on the road than they are at home. And I think this Mark Stoops defense, while Graham Mertz has been playing above board, I think he can stifle the run and kind of turn this a little bit into the Utah game. They can try and take Pearsall away. I know Ford has got a couple more weapons, a little ETN, things like that, uh, guys like that. But I'm, I'm leaning Kentucky so far in this game. I, I am. I got you. I got one here that's a little steeper. All right. Houston versus Texas Tech. All right. What's that line right now? It's an eight and a half. Houston's looking at a plus 255. I mean, you got to think right now, Texas Tech's not the team we thought they were. Quarterback's out for eight weeks. Quarterback's gone. Show's gone. Houston, if they can do anything, they can score points. Donovan Smith, the quarterback, he's a, he's a two-threat guy. He can run it. He can throw it. You know, that offense always has a good system. Texas Tech defense is not great. They're already kind of let down early. I feel like Houston, they might be 2-2 two and two and only one in conference, but I think they're going to get up to play this game. They're almost averaging 400 yards per game. I can see an upset here, at least going closer to the fourth quarter in this game. Yeah, it, I don't think that's – I love the under in this game. It's at 50-and-a-half, I believe. But there's another caveat, too, that, that could kind of bolster your point. Now, I, I don't think this is going to happen, that there's going to be an upset, but there is a caveat. Starting quarterback at Houston – Donovan Smith transferred from Texas Tech. So you you have that revenge factor, right? Yeah, we saw the way Donovan Tyler Shell played against Oregon for Texas Tech early yeah. in the year. I know you had that turnover late that, that was kind of tough, and I hate that Chuck's out. But I, I don't think that's that's crazy. I love the under in that game, though. Absolutely. Houston having a ton of trouble scoring. Yeah, they are. Um, it, it's not beautiful. I'll give you another one, and, and we talked about South Carolina at the beginning. South Carolina, 12.5-point underdog going on the road to Tennessee. Now, Tennessee 
the front seven defensively, at least against Florida, did not look like I thought Tennessee was going to look. But you're not facing Florida this week. Not that Florida has the best offensive line. You're not going to the swamp. you got a South Carolina team that has a very questionable offensive line and a struggling defense. And I think Tennessee, while they haven't been great running the ball this year, that offense is predicated off running the ball to pass. Do not get it confused, just like with Lane Kiffin, just like with Lincoln Riley, just like with Jeff Levy. Josh Heupel wants to run. I think, I don't, I see South Carolina being able to score some points. I think that the biggest matchup in this game is not Tennessee's offense against South Carolina's defense. I think Tennessee is going to score. I think it's South Carolina's offense versus Tennessee's defense. Because if they make them one-dimensional, and do not forget, there's the revenge factor here a little bit for Tennessee, who took out Hendon Hooker last year. South Carolina did. And, you know, Josh Heupel came out and said, oh, you know, we're not really thinking about that this much. It's something the fans think about. Man, hell no. Those, and Josh is right to say that in the press conference. But you guys know as well as I do. You've been in those locker rooms. Oh, yeah. You took out was a tough the loss. guy yeah. last year. The guy. And Hendon Hooker is beloved by his teammates. There's, there's blood in the water this weekend in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And the Sharks are swimming. And Spencer, we talked about, he's going to have to play. And they know Leggett's the guy. Like, this, this is no secret anymore that, that Leggett's the, the dude. I mean, he just ripped Mississippi State, just ripped their guts out last week. So Tennessee is going to try and stop a get and play a game of who else do you have that can beat me? Okay, Trey Knox at tight end. Good luck, bud. Juice Wells is out this game. I don't see it. I like Tennessee in this. I, the 12 and a half is a lot of points, but Vegas knows something. Yeah, I like that. Oh, yeah, it always comes back to this question. How much do you trust Joe Milton? Yeah, that's what it comes. But down if you're to. running Every the ball, if you're running the ball good enough, and again, like Joe Milton has not been bad. No. I don't think he's been bad. But Joe Milton is not this. You had people saying for the year, Joe Milton, offensive player of the year, superstar, this, that, and the other. And you just you, you get enamored, right? It's it's like on Hall Pass when when they're at the bar, and he's like, they're like, oh my god, that girl over there looks so good, and he's like, he's like, put your hands up like this and really see. Oh. Maybe just because you hit a golf cart from 90 yards away at Manning Passing Academy doesn't mean you're going to be the greatest quarterback in the history of the world because it's a lot different when you're playing in a game. It's easy to get taken in when you see a guy run an 85-yard touchdown run and then throw the ball 80 yards yeah. in the air. There's more to playing quarterback than Remember, Jamarcus like Russell? Jamarcus, tight, man. Jamarcus Russell could throw it really far, too. On his knee. Yeah. 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 Uh, I like points in this game. Uh, a couple more upsets that I'm looking at, though. Arkansas is plus 200 playing Texas a That game's neutral site. You know how Arkansas people feel about anything from the state of Texas. Like we we talked about, Texas A&M yes. doesn't have Connor Wegman. You're going to be starting Max Johnson. Arkansas yeah. gave LSU everything they could handle on the road. Plus 200. I like that bet. some reason, I don't think A&M beats their ass. Well, no, well here's what typically happens in this game. Arkansas comes out, plays really well early, and then something nuts happens. Mm-hmm. You remember last year? Yeah. KJ Everson reaching over the pile to score a touchdown. The ball gets batted off, off a helmet, into a defensive guy's hands. He runs 100 yards and flips the game. But my, my question is, how how drained is Arkansas after KJ, last week? KJ, man. How drained is Arkansas after last week? You are getting Rocket Sanders back. I thought Dominion ran the ball really well. How, not that they won't be excited to play, but physically, how are you, right? And and we've looked at Arkansas up front, thought they held up, you know, LSU's defense. There's some question marks in that secondary. How, how on both sides of the ball, how drained is Arkansas up front 
A&M didn't play great last week on offense against Auburn. Obviously, we know Wegman's out, but I don't think they're nearly as emotionally drained Mm-mm. as Arkansas is going into this game. Um, Arkansas is trying to avoid three straight losses, so obviously you're backed in the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, you're a wounded pig, yeah. for 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 lack of a better term. Um, but I mean, six and a half is a lot of points. I just about, especially at home. How about Duke? North, yeah, that's going to be mine, right there. Yeah. One eighty. Go ahead, talk. Duke about versus it. North Carolina. I mean, you got to think. I mean, this game is, first of all, this game is at Duke. Yes. Which is big. And Duke's just one of those teams. Uh, how does North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame respond after that gut-wrenching? They're old. Gut-wrenching loss, which is good. You have Sam Harmon brought in a lot of experience. Um, but something about Duke. I mean, Riley Leonard, an absolute problem. Probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks in college. Doesn't get talked enough. Their defense. Our guy Jim Nagy told us at SEC got, Media Days, even though Duke's not in the SEC, remember, he said, it's Riley Leonard kid, I'm telling you. Got a couple guys at receiver that can play, the Calhoun kid, the Moore kid. Like the, Duke has enough pieces, and this game is at home, to catch Notre Dame a little bit off guard, I think. And Duke's kind of been what throughout the year? Duke kind of starts fast. Yeah. If Duke starts fast against Notre Dame, Notre Dame's not built. They're not built to just catch up. You saw that in the Ohio State game. They're not really ripping off chunk plays. Duke's been a chunk play team, and that's been surprising. So this game, what's it, five and a half? The five, five and a half, half, six and a half? Five and a half, the over-under is 52. I'll say this. Um, 52. David, you know, last year Duke shocked everybody mm-hmm. with, with what they did with what Mike Elko did in year one. And coming into this year, you know, and, and even we talked about it, and I think it was the right way to look at it. All right, Duke's not going to sneak up on anybody anymore. No. The schedule is harder, and there's no way that they can replicate winning the turnover battle and catch the breaks that they caught mm-hmm. again. That just doesn't happen on football. Well, I'm, they're, they're sitting here. We're sitting kids. here right now in week five, and Duke is winning the turnover battle like they did last year. The schedule has been harder. They're still undefeated, and they're not sneaking up on anybody no. anymore. But I'll say this: having said all that. They still have to catch some breaks to win this game. Yeah. You go back to the Clemson game. A lot of wonky stuff happened. Now, Duke forced it. They forced the action. I'm going to give them credit for that. I don't think Notre Dame is going to turn the ball over like Clemson did. I don't think Notre Dame, who is more athletic in the back end now than they have been in a while, is going to give up those chunk plays to Duke like they thrive off of. Not saying that Duke has a chance to win this game. This may be the biggest game in Duke football history, to be honest with you, if you really go back and look at it. It's one of the biggest, if not the biggest. But you have an old head in Sam Hartman. You have an old offensive line. You've got a run game and a tight end group that you can always count on and you can limit the other team's possessions. And I think Notre Dame, despite what happened at the end of the Ohio State game, is damn good on defense. I I, I don't think this is one that Notre Dame right now it's not a dream crusher spot because you still got a chance. But you can't lose this one no. and, and still have a chance. So they're going to come ready to play. I think they're embarrassed about what happened last week. I love the under in this game. 52 and a half? No, it's at 52 right now. I love the under. This under may end up being, and I told myself I am not going to touch this with a show bet. But the more, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning toward taking the under. I like 52. it too. I like it, too. Because I think Mike Elko can come up with a really good plan. Mm -hmm. Uh, But outside of that, I I, I do want to move on. If there's some upsets that you guys have that maybe we didn't cover, I don't think think Bama's losing to Mississippi State. I I think Mississippi State just in a very good football team, you know, from a complimentary standpoint. I mean, outside of that, Ole Miss is only a a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home. 
Uh, that's a game I don't trust Ole Miss. Um, we talked about it yesterday with uh, Chris Marler, if you want to check that out too. And again, if you want to call, we're taking calls today, 1-855-236-3228. Lines open in nine minutes. All right, we want to get through people too. All right, so when you call in, let's get 30 seconds. Let's get to the next person. You want to talk trash, that's great. Uh, but let's make sure we get to the next person. Any other upsets you guys want to hit before we move along? Kansas only State other one, Texas, boys. Yeah, that, that was the only other one, Kansas, Texas. Not so much that I think they'll win on the money line at plus 600, but plus 16 and a half. Um, I don't know, man. I just if It depends on if Jalen Daniels is healthy. Obviously, we talk about teams sneaking up on other teams. They're not going to be sneaking up on Texas. I no. think Texas has very serious postseason aspirations this year. But uh, at the same time, they won last time they were in Austin. That was a very different situation with Steve Sarkis yeah. getting things yeah. built up there. But the, every time I watch Kansas play, I'm impressed by something different and something new, which is cool. And, and the way that they manipulate safeties, I mean, with, with what Leopold does, it's been unbelievably impressive. Jalen Daniels gets to his next. Jalen Daniels like, a great. He bounces maker. around in the pocket. A, if like, you watch like, him, he's a great decision maker. He yeah, he's playing quarterback. He's not an athlete that's running around you know, and that, just improvising. But he's also really fast and athletic. Yeah, like so he's a like, quarterback. Yeah. Uh, also, they're converting third downs like a 60% clip. Kansas is? Yeah. There's that no way that's sustainable, me. though. That, there's no way that's sustainable. I think, I think Texas defense is holding teams like 30%. Um, I just don't see a way in which Kansas stops. I just hope for, a, I, I hope for a good football game. Probably going to be probably gonna be high scoring. Kansas will find a way to score some points. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they can find a way to score enough. I've been, I've been looking mm-hmm. at that game, too. Uh, and also, we broke down the USC-Colorado game as well. But we want to hear from you. But speaking about breaking down, I tell you what, every time I know that we're eating some good ranchers, I break down emotionally in the best way. I mean, it's a happy cry. Uh, last night, we had ground beef and stuffed bell peppers. Did we you? got deep in the bag yeah. with cheddar cheese, jalapeno crisp on top. She just finds a way. She just It's amazing. She's like, like, like the Michelangelo of, of good ranchers, chicken, beef, steaks, just finding a way to make new delicious meals. I mean, the chicken parmesan she made a couple weekends ago. You know, can we not bring up chicken parm? Should be criminal. Right. Yeah. You had it. Not, you had it. was great. The sliders. Can we not bring it up? No, I'll bring right. it up. 7 o'clock. Starving. Right. Starving. And listen, it's tailgate season, folks. Yeah, it is. Okay? And, and with good ranchers, if you're going to throw some meat on the grill, you want it to be high quality. You want to impress the boys? All right? Maybe you got a girl coming over. You want to impress her, too. I don't know. You know, play a game of, hey, maybe this could really mean something. Oh, you need to fun? check out Good Ranchers. All right, we know everybody's busy with their schedule that, that you have to do every day, but the good news is you can take one big thing off your plate by putting great meat on your plate. Good Ranchers, 100% American beef, chicken, pork, and now wild-caught seafood. They're in the seafood game. It's the deadliest catch Dude, with the cleanest results. These guys get it, man. They these really do get it. And Jermaine, the whole crew, the whole team at Good Ranchers. That's exactly yeah. right. And right now they're offering two years. Of free ground beef. Two? Two years. Does? Free? Two revolutions, people. All right? Of free ground beef to anyone who subscribes. That's a $480 value for the frizzle. You said free? Free. I said free. Free! Go to GoodRanchers.com today and use our code BOOSTER, B-O-O-S-T-E-R, and you get $25 off, too. Wow. With the free ground beef for two years. What what else y'all want? Like, I mean, is there a better deal in the country right now? Get it now. There's not a better deal. So subscribe to any box, which, by the way, we got our uh, butcher's box coming here in a couple days, mm-hmm. to lock in your price on America's best meat for two whole years as well. That's GoodRanchers, listen to me, .com today. If you're in the Booster Club right now, go to GoodRanchers.com and use our code Booster, B-O-O-S-T-E-R, for over $500 in savings. Subscribe to Good Ranchers, American Meat Delivered. You can have the next, the rest of the season full of tailgate meats in your door 
within a week. You know how refreshing it is to look down at the grill when the meat's sizzling and know, mm. one, mm. that's going to be healthy for my family because yes. it's high quality product. And two, the company I'm doing business with operates at an elite level and shares the values that my family has. It's, I'm just, it's yeah. a win-win, win-win-win, win. and now I'm hungry win. again. You remember just that time win. you brought in the, the burgers? In, in the, the butcher paper. Uh, when can you do that again? In the butcher paper. Everything's better in butcher paper. Those were good. Right. Like you could wrap a turd in butcher paper and I'd be like, well. Well. And there you go. Well. And now you saying. ruined it. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I got my uh, email from Good Ranchers today. Me too. I did. Me on, too. The box is on the wall. Me too. On that confirmation. Wah. Dude, look. You All right, let's look. get to the Booster Club. Let's go to Heartbroken Hog. Here we go. All right. It says, we are more healthy going to the LSU. No one suffered any injuries last weekend. Yeah. How's that mental? Emotional, emotional, yeah. emotional injury. I look at KJ and like. Well, it's like, look, just because they don't say, hey, oh boy, sprained his ankle. Like, you get beat up in that game. Yeah. That's a physical game. All right. Let's go to Trent Kelly. What's up, Trent? $5 donation. Appreciate it, Trent. Morning, yeah. boys. Good morning to you, sir. What do you think about Will Muschamp to Michigan State? Stop. Get out. Stop. I've been no, hearing Trent, Dan I don't want to play though. this. I have been play hearing this Dan game. Mullen, though. I've been hearing Dan, Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen, okay. Hmm? Dan Mullen. Slytherin Dan Fitz. Slytherin Dan Fix. Right. Fitz. Yeah. Dan just looks like he can speak parcel tone. <laughs> Talk to snakes. Dan Mullen looks How like How does he that can... sound? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Let's get into the NFL preview because I'm going to get the call. All right. <laughs> NFC North, like we were talking about yesterday, Lions at the Packers. Lions are favored in this one on the road, minus one and a half right now, over under 46. Not touching it's, it. The over under is at 46. Don't you like the over in this game? I saw it at 46. I feel like you picked the over, so. I did what? Did you pick the over in this game? Well, he picked a, he picked the over Detroit Lions touchdown. Look, so. I got a couple. I got okay, a couple. Look, I okay, love okay. it. I'm I got a couple things look, out there. I'm basically rolling with the over with you with what I picked. Hey, oh hey, yeah, I saw yeah. that. Hey, here's where I'm at. The injuries in this game is crazy. The Packers are really beat up on the offensive line. They Jones. have no. Aaron Jones is going to play. Okay. Aaron Jones is going to play, but you don't have back Tiari. You, you've your right guard's beat up. Um, I think you're missing the whole left side of your line. They're they're averaging basically three yards a carry. There's no run game for the Packers. Like it's Jordan Love. I think they're second in passing and like 19th in rushing, hmm. something like that. It's, it's not good. It's not, or, or even worse than 19th in rushing for the Packers. So they're truly having to throw to win, which when you look at the Lions, Chauncey Garner-Johnson out for the rest of the year. They've got some injuries in that secondary. So there, there's, there's a chance for Jordan mm-hmm. Love to go off. But when you really look at it, where does Jordan Love struggle the most against what coverage? Man coverage. coverage. He rips zone coverage apart, rips it to death. But guess what the Lions play a lot of? Man coverage. So there's a lot of conflicting things. You look at the Lions, too. I mean, the the Lions offensively aren't operating nearly at the pace they were last year. Um, I know they've had some injuries, obviously. Jameer Gibbs really hadn't had the year I thought he was going to have this year. Uh, but, But defensively, the Lions are a lot better. Than they were last. The Packers two and one right now. They had the good come from behind win uh, against the uh, Saints. <laughs> well, they should be three eighteen and unanswered, but Derek Carr went down in that. But then the Falcons, like the Falcons, came back against them and yeah. won twenty five twenty four in that game. Well, they were at Atlanta. So. Well, the the Packers have it, the crazy part is that Rashawn Gary may be the most underrated defensive player. Yeah, he's a dog in the NFL. So like, and you know he played at Michigan. Go blue. Like. Oh, boy, like his pressure rate is insane. Mm-hmm. It's insane. You look at the Packers with Rashawn Gary, and you look at the Packers without Rashawn Gary, 
The Falcons can't throw it. But on the Lions right? side, Aiden but, Hutchinson on the other side of that. Uh, yeah, I thought the Packers, yeah, I agree. The, the Lions pass rush is good too. But like the Packers can, can stop the run. Like they, they can definitely stop the run. So when you, look, when you look at the Lions, when I look at this game, there's so many, the injuries are weird. There, there's so many conflicting like matchups. I just, I stayed away from it from a betting standpoint today. But if I did have to pick something, I like the Packers' money line. Do you? do you? I do. Wow. Yeah. Uh, How about you? Christian Watson coming back? I think Christian Watson's coming back, which is big for the Packers. This is a tough game to pick. Um, I lean I lean Lions in this game because I think the Lions are just a more complete team. Mm-hmm. Jared Goff, more experienced at quarterback. But I do think Jordan Love's playing, playing at a high level right now. I like what you brought up earlier about what the Lions do when it comes to secondary because they do run a lot of man. And one guy who doesn't get talked about enough, especially for the Lions, oh, yeah, and was a fixer, was a fixer at, at Alabama, is Brian Brand. No, we, yeah, Brian oh, Brand, nice. big pick six week one already is making a difference. It was, it was such a great pick by the Lions in the draft. Watch for Brian Branch in this game because he can pick it. He can come after the quarterback. He's a high IQ football player, which we're what to, used to seeing at. Alabama. Brian Branch is the Alabama prototypical guy yeah. that you're used to seeing. So he could be a difference. I like the Lions in this game. I like the over in this game. I hope so because I'm playing Jerry Goff in fantasy. So well, I've been so impressed with the way uh, Jordan Love has played for nine of the 12 quarters of football yeah. so far this year. If the Lions can make him play and look the way he did in those first two to three quarters against the Saints, and the Lions are going to win the football game. Yeah. But even then, Jordan Love showed a lot of resolve, being able to come back, lead his team against the Saints without Derek Carr on the other side. I was a little surprised to see the Lions favored in this game on the road because it still is the NFL, and the Packers have shown they can win big games. But I'm leaning Lions here as well. Yeah. On the, road. Well, the thing with Jameer Gibbs that you brought up, I just don't think Jameer Gibbs is getting enough carries. Well, dude, I don't think they're using him enough in, in splitting him out. Yeah, like, I agree with like, that. I, I, the whole point, you know, David Montgomery's coming back in this game, I believe. Uh, I believe David Montgomery's going to play in this game. He is. So yeah. you got David Montgomery, so you didn't have to give Jameer Gibbs twenty carries a game because he's just not physically built like that. There's not a lot of guys that can play in the NFL and, and get twenty carries a game. You got him, so you could have them both on the field. Their twenty personnel is different than anybody else's twenty personnel. When Jameer Gibbs in the game, two backs, no mm-hmm. tights. Even twenty one is different than, than any sure. twenty one because Jameer Gibbs is a slot receiver. Yeah. he's like. Not saying he's Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson's a running back that can just so happen to go out and play receiver and be fine. You can put him in the slot and do things. Jameer Gibbs, to me, is a receiver that can also play running back. He's a slot guy that can also play running back. 100%. In my opinion. So I feel like the Lions, especially with the Amon Ross St. Brown, I know he's been a little bit beat up. You have him on one side, Jameer on the other, some of the pieces they've had. And the Lions haven't been awful offensively. I just no. expected them to be a lot. But well, they're such a high clip last year. They'll find it. And find you got to think, uh, there's one guy who's not out there just running on water. And James Williams. Williams. So yeah. Oh, he's when coming. he comes back, hike. Bringing hell with yeah, him. Yeah, hike. You better be over the top. He's so running you have, vertical. You got J-Mo over the top. You have the sun god in the, uh, in the middle. It's and like, don't forget Laporta. The dude, I love that pick. Who's, who's nasty. I love dude. that pick. The Lions drafted well, man. They did. Go back and look at the draft. Even the Jameer Gibbs pick, I think, looks better, even though he hadn't exploded yet. Bet on that. Pun intended. Yeah, definitely. But, all right, calls. The lines are open. I know you guys are calling in. I want to go ahead and get to this huddle up, though, David. Oh, let's do it. Let's go ahead and get to our huddle up. I've got a defensive one that we're going to do as well. But let's go, David. He's dipping in the NFL. Yeah, we did an NFL one today. Run this. All right, so let's huddle up. All right, huddle up. Let's break down the Miami Dolphins' first touchdown on route to their 70-point performance against the Denver Broncos. This is pistol, left up, weak, F away 
Purple Ricky Rambo. This is our first huddle up this season utilizing a fullback, which is exciting. We have two running backs here in a pistol weak set and one tight end setting our strength to the left. So this is 21 personnel. Now let's talk about F away. This is our pre-snap motion. No one is using motion more effectively right now than Mike McDaniel, especially when it comes to getting Tyreek Hill going pre-snap, very much in the Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan school of thought. But here, actually, we're going to get our fullback motioning away pre-snap to get that Will linebacker spread out on the swing route, but more on that in a second. Purple Ricky, these two words tell us a lot. They tell us we got play action in the backfield. Play action to the right because Ricky starts with an R and that this becomes a five-man pass pro because the fullback is free release on a swing, the halfback is free release on a burst route, and the Y is on a check release and he ends up getting to the flat. Now Rambo, this is our route concept, at least this is a version of Rambo, and it shows just how in sync Tua and Tyreek Hill are. Rambo's a 10-yard basic route by our backside receiver and a 10-yard skinny post by our frontside receiver. I want to show the sky cam view of Steve Sarkeesian calling this for Texas a few weeks ago against Alabama. Uh, this is a variation of ping that we talked about a few weeks ago designed to take advantage of that safety driving on the dig. Now let's go back to the Dolphins here because Tua wants to throw this basic route now. But he can't because the safety drives on it, which is fine. That's what we want. So he resets to hit Tyreek Hill on the front side post. But because we're running this from a tighter split, Tyreek's already on the edge of this first window, and he can't take the route high like you would traditionally on a skinny post because the safety gets so much depth trying to honor Tyreek Hill's speed. So what does he do? He just slides behind the boundary safety to that boundary third over there, and Tua holds the ball for another beat, hits him on that route in the second window. And you can only do something like this if you're getting great protection, which the Dolphins are here. And this showcases not just Tyreek Hill's speed and route running ability, but also his high football IQ, and it shows how in sync these guys are, even when a play breaks down. It's a great showcase of the Miami Dolphins here. This is pistol, left up, weak, F way purple ricky rambo it's love it stuff, beautiful so talk, about, talk about the defense there and and the wide receiver <laughs> route running there what a bust we i remember we we're watching this play trying to figure this they the denver busted bad well it, a lot it, in this game well you know at it, it first you know when i'm watching that boundary safety drive on the basic like it, it to me it looked like they were playing you know quarters to that side mm -hmm. and he was just driving in because there's no number 2 there he's extending the wheels extending but then you look up top and it almost looks like they were playing cover 2 to the field like it was some sort of split coverage then you look at the depth that that the safety got on Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill's side and you want to be able to protect him to me i feel like this is a bust because if you're playing if you're playing two man all right cuz if you watch the tight end is locked up Okay, like, like this is two-man. It looks like in the bottom they're playing man. The will's extending. He's taking the first thing out like it's two-man. And that safety to the boundary, who has the half in two-man, which I'm going to go over two-man tomorrow with Alabama. They had a bust against Ole Miss on the touchdown with Jackson Dart. He's playing that half and then drives on the basic, which in reality is the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. It's the right thing to do because there's nobody else. You're not having a split yep. or anything like yep. that. But then at the top, if you're running two-man and you're the corner – you're not letting Ty anybody go, let alone Tyreek Hill go. And you could sit here and say, all right, well, that safety is gaining all that depth because he is playing his half, but it's a deeper half because Tyreek Hill's an anime character when it comes yeah. to speed. So to me, I think this is a bust by the corner. It has to be. 
by the field corner. The yeah, field corner. Two man, and he just lets his man go. That's what I, that's I, what I feel you, like it is. When you said that, the more I looked at it, the more I think you're right. What are, which I just don't understand it. Because if I'm wrong, I'd rather play Tyreek Hill man when yeah. it's supposed to be. Can we bust on the tight end? Yeah, can somebody bust on the tight end? How about we bust on the fullback? Goodness gracious. How about we bust on the fullback and it's a nine-yard game? such an underrated job right here by Tua. Mm-hmm. Such yeah. an underrated job right here because he has Tyreek right now. Well, the safety's right. He has yeah. the boundary. The he has Tyreek right. right now. But this is where practice come in, guys. And you can tell the amount of just routes they probably ran on air. The number is crazy. Tua knows his safety's coming downhill. Tyreek at some point feels Tua that no, he's going to pat the ball. All right, and take a second since that safety's coming downhill. And if you're a receiver and you're Tyreek Hill at this point, you're supposed to run to what? You run to grass, all right? And Tyreek Hill stays on his route. Tua, patience. Tua is absolutely this, one of those is like a superhero character. You get knocked in the head and get superhero Yeah, power. well, the, the most important part of this is not Tyreek Hill running to grass. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, them overextending say on the back end. It, say it. It's the pocket. It's the pass it's protection. It's the protection. You cannot get to that throw unless you have – that takes time. And leave it pause there Hill. because if if – they were if the Broncos were getting pressure on Tua right now and he was sacked, then we would be looking at this right now with Tyreek Hill open on the seam right there, circled. Like, why isn't Tua hitting this when yeah. he has him open? But because he gets the pass protection, he's able to hold that for a beat longer. It ends up being a great play and a great timing between these two. But when we showed the Texas play, you saw how they threw that way over the top. When the safety um, drove on the basic route, you hit the post over the top. That's traditionally how you want this play to go. But the free safety he's is so far. He's off well, the screen you remember? Right at first, I was like, are they in man free? Like, because oh boy's in the sky. Yeah. Like he is, he is in, he is Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. right now. But that was a great breakdown and what the Dolphins are doing. When you're able to improvise like that, yeah. like and you have that time to throw, you're going you can score 70, even in the NFL. And you so, know Mike McDaniel was a ball boy. Yeah. For the Broncos. For the Broncos. Broncos. Yeah. Felt personal. No, but uh, we're gonna have the defensive one tomorrow. I'm gonna break down two man and, and kind of a bust uh defensively. One of the few mistakes that Alabama made against Ole Miss. All right. I want to get to calls, David. We do have a rapid fire really quickly. I just want to get there. Yeah, a couple of non-football things actually to get yep. to. Ronald Acuna Jr. becomes the first player in Major League Baseball history to hit 40 home runs and steal 70 bases. It's incredible. Truly incredible. Incredible. You know, we're, we're, we're seeing things now. We watch guys operate, and he's coming off that injury, mm-hmm. right? Some people are like, well, you know, how's it going to affect him? Base running, being able to run down balls. Ronald Acuna is, to me, he's got to be the MVP. Yeah. Like you got, I saw Bill Plaschke, like Mookie Betts has got to be the NL MVP. Man, you lost your damn mind, dog. You lost, I mean, you're bought and paid for by the Dodgers anyway out there in LA that, you know, that's your market. But uh, Ronald Acuna, incredible. All right, Braves, it's almost October. So now I get to panic. I always had, I I can already panic already because it's football season with all these bets. But now I get to super duper panic. Remember, two seasons ago, the Braves won the World Series without Acuna out. Yeah. So you know, part of he's thinking about that for sure. Hey, I want to come back. I'll, I'll take Ronald me on the field. Um, I did want to show the Cubs though. The Cubs announcers weren't too happy that they took the base off the field in the middle of play. Uh, isn't that what usually? How happens? about y'all shut up? Yeah. Throw him out. Like this, literally. First of all, first you're in Atlanta. Yeah. All right. And second of all, when any record gets broken on the base on the base pass, a base pass. They take the base. This is like they getting, always do that. This is like getting upset because they went to get the ball for a rookie that got his first hit. Mm-hmm. Like that's what? Like, come on, y'all complaining about that? Play and, it. Listen. Let, to yeah, it. let's play it real quick. This is pretty absurd. I mean, it, it's just a hell of an accomplishment. Totally, but you but, can't stop the game you're, you're, and run a highlight you're, you're, montage. Yeah, you can. Yeah, because you're at home. 
So Stop now, the game. Hey, referee, time out. Here's some water. I got something for him. Yeah. yeah. They shortened the game 45 minutes so Ronald Cuny can have a great time on second base. <laughs> <Six back. laughs> All right, next one here. Um, in the NBA, the Bucks have traded for uh, Portland Trailblazers guard Damian Lillard. Wrap it up. It's over. Is Wrap it done? Up. It's over. Wrap How do you stop him? I'll wait. And Giannis? It was a three-team trade. I'm pulling it up now. It was... Uh, Crawford. Holiday. A holiday. Which I, li- was, I like uh, Drew. I like the way Drew Aiton. plays defense. Um, All right, so Portland receives Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton, and Kamara. Uh, Milwaukee's 2029 unprotected first-round draft pick and unprotected Milwaukee swap rights in 2028 and 2030. The team said in their release. That one gets Look. complicated. The Suns receive... Nurgic, Grayson Allen, Nasser Little, Keon Johnson as part of the trade pack. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. <laughs> it's over. The uh, I should have looked. Good for Damian. Right when, right when Damian Lillard probably got traded to the Bucs, what the odds were that flipped. The Bucs are probably favored to be champions now. Yeah. Got to be. And they still can, got Middleton? So now, look, Hold on. They still got Middleton? Chris Middleton? The Bucs still have Chris so. Middleton? Yeah, I believe so. So oh, now, and right, now you double Giannis. Dame drops 50 on you. You double Dame. Yeah. Giannis is just can completely trying You double Giannis. Controlling Giannis the paint. Still, can still like, drop so now, see, on. Milwaukee used to be a team that plays defense and beats you on the inside. Yeah. Right? Now Milwaukee is a team that plays defense, beats you on the inside, and has one of the best point guards in the NBA. Good for Dame. They are the favorite now. Bucks plus three. <laughs> yeah, I bet they are plus the favorite. I bet they are the damn favorite. Nuggets plus 475. Yeah, when's LeBron going to come hey, out? Hey, Dame said. To cause controversy. So people Boston, about him. Boston wanted Dame bad. Huh? Did they? And Dame just laughed at him. Dame hates Boston. Really? Hates them. There's, yeah. there's going to be some. All right. There's your, there's your oh, NBA update. Wow. There it is. It's crazy. It's big enough where we got to talk about it. But all right. Let's get to calls. Mm. Calls. Give me a second here. Hold oh, on. Hold on. Scanning. Scanning. All right. I'm on it. Josh in North Carolina. Josh, go. what's up? Hey, what's up, fellas? What's up, Josh? What's up, Josh? Uh, so I'm going to ask you where you want me to take this call. I'm going to do a quick life update, but do you want me to do who I think is going to get upset the most in the top 25, or do you want a funny Sam Howell story? Man, this is like one of those games you play where you got to like pick the option next. Um, give me the, uh, give me the life update and, um, who you think is going to get the upset. All right. Sounds good. So. Quick life update is uh, last weekend, this girl I've been taking out on a couple days. She asked me that question that makes her heart skip a beat. She says, what are we? And then I looked her dead in the eye mm. and I said, well, this has been fun. Shook her hand, yeah. walked out the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's crazy. when you look at her and you say, <laughs> we are Marshall. Yeah, I just say humans. <laughs> yeah. We're humans. That's a funny no, story? But, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> Anyways, uh, no, I, I'm not dating her, but apparently one of the caveats is I got a pool for a college football team, and she's a fan of David Cohn's team, so David. Well, then y'all are dating. Oh, it's love. y'all are dating. Oh, it's love, Voltar. Yeah, then y'all are no, dating. She pulls for your football team. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you think this works. You, got, look, you, got, you married Josh, that girl. you got to set the tone early. Yeah. You marry that girl. Like, you got to set the tone early. <laughs> And like she's riding either ten- with Tennessee. Or yeah, Michigan. what are we? Not Michigan fans. You yeah. sing the victors down the wedding aisle. That's what you do. Yes. <laughs> who's who's upset this right. weekend, Josh? All right. So I- I'm between two teams, and no, this is not because I hate Florida. 
but okay. I see Florida losing this weekend. To I don't think that's good. Uh, <laughs> an upset. Do we that's, consider that no, an upset? That's not an upset. Kentucky's favored. It, wait, what? <laughs> no. I thought Florida wasn't favored. No. No, no, Florida's favorite. Florida's, no, 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 no. Kentucky Kentucky's is a one favorite. and a half yeah. point. Yeah. Florida's favorite. a dog in that game. Florida's a dog in that game. Okay. All right. So it's, so it's yeah. because well, you hate Florida. Florida. Yeah, it's definitely because you hate Florida. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, I mean, I I just think I think their defense, Kentucky's defense, I just I believe in their defense. I don't know. Like like you said, Devin Leary's questionable. So yeah. I, I could be completely wrong and Florida wins by three touchdowns, knowing me. But, you know, that that's my upset of the week. Gotcha. All right, I can see it. Gotcha, Josh. Well, man, thanks for calling in. Glad we were able to get hey, to you. You're today, not a damn brother. Michigan fan, Josh. Hey, yeah. I need to hear some trash talk <laughs> next week if Tennessee beats South Carolina. All right, I got you. Thank you, guys. All right, buddy. Hey, good luck on that. Tell her, hey, you're you're – Going back, and now all of a sudden she's got to be a test. Yeah, why is there Auburn jerseys at your house? Yeah, That's crazy. yeah. No, I yeah. Mean, she, she, said, she said she would pull for Tennessee. She has no problem. Well, there it is. Yeah, good. There it is. Now, now you're dating. I get what I want. What are y'all dating? You just have to do it. You should just play Rocky Top every time she gets in the car. I will. to the victor's valiant. All right, Josh. See you, man. See you, Josh. All right, there's a guy named Steve up in Ohio. Stevie. Steve, what's going on? Hey, what up, dude? All right, I'm going to get through this quickly. We're going to do who did what, but I, I know you don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to get through this quickly. That's right. Three it. players, four stats. One stat applies to all three players. The others apply to one player each. Okay. To win, identify the stat that applies to all three players. Yep. Today, we'll be covering the career stats for three of the greatest home run hitters of all time. Ooh. The players are Jim Tomey, mm. Ken Griffey Jr., mm. and Albert Pujols. Yeah, okay, Jim career Tomey. stats. Are, yeah, the career stats are over 2,000 RBIs, over 180 stolen bases, over a 400 on-base percentage, and over 525 slugging percentage. Now, who did what? 180 stolen All right, Griffey. Bases. Griffey had to steal the bases, po- right? Had to. Well, uh, yeah. Like, there's no way it's stolen bases. Jim Tomey and stealing no. 180 bases. I'll say King Griffey's on the stolen bases. Say Griffey on the stolen bases. S- slugging percentage. You would think slugging percentage. Jim Tomey? Well, I, th- or, I would think. Or Albert Pujols? Maybe all three of them. Oh. What was the slugging? 525? Slugging was 525. All right, what was the other ones? Uh, we know about the, the stolen bases. What were the other two? Uh, over 400 on-base percentage and over 2,000 RBIs. Man, I'm thinking it's RBIs. Pujols played for a long time. I'm thinking it's RBIs. Got to be gotta be slugging. You think 2, so? You said 2,000 RBIs? Mm-hmm. Correct, 2,000. That's a lot of RBIs, bro. They had a lot of home runs. Okay. Well, all right, if you feel I'm it. with you. I think it's slugging. I'd go slugging. All right, let's go slugging percentage, 525, all three. Congratulations, guys. Come on. Yeah. Good job. Come on, man. Good job. Good so, Good Griffey, Griffey yeah. stolen bases? Yeah, Griffey was the stolen bases. He had yeah. 84. The slugging was Tommy was 554. Griffey yeah. was 538. 
Pujols was 544. Slugging. Pujols was the RBIs. Yeah, yeah. Griffey was the stolen bases, and Tommy was the over 400 on base. There you That's go. That's right. Uh, Thanks, Steve. Got a lot of walks. Steve, Steve great RBIs. stuff, man. Great one. Yeah, man, that was a really good one. Thanks a lot, buddy. All right, let's go to uh, Cameron Ross, in Nebraska. What's going on, Cameron? Cam, what's up, man? Um, I just wanted to ask you, obviously, David, you know who Nebraska's playing this week. <laughs> yeah, I do. And uh, I just want to talk some trash and tell you that the uh, 97 championship uh-huh. Longs in Lincoln. Not get him. Get him. So, get him, Cameron. Why Lincoln, that? Oh, yeah. It's in Lincoln. Don't forget <laughs> about that. I but saw I Charles Woodson with you. a rose in his mouth after beating Washington. Was it Washington? Yeah. Washington State. We ate up the oranges and kicked Peyton Manning's ass. That's right. <laughs> Look, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. 97 predates my Michigan affiliation. Oh, don't let him back out of it now. No, he's a Rangers fan. He's signed up for the whole thing. Look, national champs, 1997, Ann Arbor. Cameron, hey, Cameron, what are you feeling upset this weekend? Can you do it with uh, that big monster y'all got running at quarterback? And I'm not talking about Jeff Sims. Oh, uh, what's it? Heidrich? Isn't his first name Heidrich? Is that what it is? That was Hydra. It's Heinrich Harburg. Heinrich Heinrich Harburg. God, Heinrich he just... Harburg, yes, sir. Yeah, isn't that the guy that fought Captain America? Yeah, I don't know if he's throwing passes or poison gas. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to ask y'all if uh, if Nebraska has a chance this weekend, yeah. what are yeah. the keys to victory? Mm, For sure. Um, How about this? Whoever wins that game gets to claim the 97. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keys to victory, I think, for Nebraska. You got, I think you need to give Michigan players COVID. <laughs> Here's so. no, in all in all seriousness, I think you always, especially in college college football, in games like this, eh, you always have a chance. Mm-hmm. I think what's going to have to happen is N- Nebraska is going to have to be able to. I don't think they can throw their way past Michigan with what they have at quarterback right now. They're going to have to limit. They're going to have to beat Michigan at their own game. I think both these teams want to play similar styles. I think it needs to be a very low-scoring game, a very limited possession game. I think Michigan's going to have to get stopped on a couple fourth downs, maybe even a couple fourth and goals to, give, to, to have Nebraska kind of double up on points, take away from Michigan and be able to score themselves. For, for Nebraska to win this game, the key is who can get in third and two. That's one of the big – who can get in third and two? Mm-hmm. Not that, that Michigan can't operate in third and seven. We've seen J.J. McCarthy. I think he's elevated his throwing game. But if Nebraska can get in a bunch of third and twos and third and threes, I think not only can they end up getting points, whether that's field goals, whether they sneak a couple touchdowns in there, but you keep Michigan's offense off the field. And the longer that Nebraska hangs around in this game at home, I've coached in that environment. I know how crazy it is the better chance they have. And Michigan doesn't really play the blow-you-out game. Mm-hmm. That's that's not their style of play. So you need a couple turnovers. You need a couple stops on fourth down, maybe a couple stops on fourth and goal. And you have got to get into third and twos and third and threes because Nebraska cannot operate in third and five or more. Michigan's strength is running the football, but that's what Nebraska's defense is best against, in my yeah. opinion. Now, J.J. McCarthy's pulling the zone read better than I've seen him do the last few years. He's pulling it at the right times. You know, Denard Robinson could take off for a 70-yard touchdown, and that was awesome, but that's not what we need at quarterback. We need someone who can take off for seven yards at the right time. Yeah. He's starting to do that more. This is a good test for Michigan going on the road for the first time this year. A lot of other teams have not only played road games already, they've played top 
top 10 or top 25 showdowns. This is their first road game. Go on the road to Lincoln. It's going to be a fun game. Something that Michigan and Georgia have in common. This yeah, first time Michigan on the road in a hostile environment. But Cameron, man, good luck, man. Call in. Let us know how you yeah, feel Cam. next week. I will. I'm going to the game, and I'm going to cheer my butt off for the Big Red. So. Hey, hey, hey enjoy, enjoy it, man. man. Enjoy it. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's go. That's so God, well. I love that. Lincoln's so beautiful. Send some, oh, send some pics on Twitter Hell, to us. Yeah. All right, let's go to Trey in Atlanta, our old stomping ground. Oh, Trey? Trey, what's the word? Trey. He totally escaped. Hey, man. Hey, Jake. I just want to let you know that I, I survived going to that other college in Alabama yesterday. You went, you, you made it out, huh? That so you didn't wear any Bama gear out. in there, huh? Where do you? I Auburn. didn't. But the amount of the amount of Auburn stuff I came home with because it was a career fair is it makes me sick. All right. It no, just, you love it. And listen, sick. you'll you Trey, it. you'll be better for it. <laughs> you love it. You'll be better for <laughs> Deep it. Deep down, you love it. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, okay. How how so, bad are y'all gonna so, beat Mississippi State this weekend? Boy, I hope it's by it. Should I take? Should I lay the fourteen and a half? On the road, like I really want to. buy a point. I know. Buy a I point. I mean, honestly, if they if they play like they did against Ole Miss, I I think yeah, absolutely. I mean, Ole Miss is definitely a better team than than, than Mississippi State for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just depends. I mean, which I mean, I mean, it was a big game in Alabama's eyes. Are they going to have a letdown? It's at sure. night. Hey. That place is kind of crazy. Okay, let me just ask. Trey, let me ask you this real quick. As an Alabama fan, does it feel really good to watch Clemson lose? Yes. I've had a lot of Alabama fans come out just uh, all the time. Yeah. Trey, here's yeah. what I look at yeah. in this that game. But just before you go, real quick, before you go, sure. Sure, here's no. the only reason I'm a little. They let Will Rogers sling it around last game. Mm-hmm. Like he threw for a lot. He threw for four, like four, eight four or something. something like that's what they do. Alabama against the intermediate to short passing game is so good, but it seems that deep third they got a problem with, and. It just, if I'm going to lay the 14 and a half, I'm going to buy it down to 13 and a half to to wear the protection in that game. Is Alabama going to backdoor me late because they give up some post-wheel concept or something? Like, that's that's my worry. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably, honestly, I agree with you. And I'm not worried about our, I'm worried about our secondary only because it depends on what our pass rush does, right? Yeah. Can can our, our front seven, really our front four, can they get home and put pressure on Rodgers to get him off platform and make him not be able to sit in the pocket yeah. and make those insane throws that he's capable of doing, right? So I, I think it's more of the front seven than is the back, you know, the, the back four or five, you know, however you, whatever scheme you're, you happen to be in. But yeah, I agree. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it, this game feels like it could, but it's also one of those games you just had a big game. You had like, hey, this is, we're reestablishing our identity, right? Now you go in there, it's at night. I don't know. I, I'd be happy just to win to get out of there, to be honest. Yeah, I, well, um, if Mississippi State's offensive line can't pick up a simple twist like they couldn't against LSU, then Alabama may yeah. figure out clues when it comes to getting in the backfield and getting after the quarterback. Got to get Will off his spot. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Appreciate it, Trey. Trey, thanks, thanks so much, call, buddy. Trey. Trey, oh, go ahead. You got, you got one more thing real quick? Yeah, yeah. I just go wanted ahead. to say, Jake, uh, we were talking about on Twitter, and I, I totally agree with what you guys were saying about, uh, about the football polls and everything. Um, and, and I agree with what you're saying about Ohio State not jumping FSU. My only thing is, is that I don't see it. I wouldn't see it punishing UGA or, or Michigan if say Texas or FSU jumped them. I would say it was it'd be more of a hey, you guys did a good job. You played the games. You scheduled these hard games. You went there. You beat Alabama. You beat LSU on a non-home game. Hey, you guys compare to these two teams by eye test, right? I mean, I don't think I don't think you can say that Michigan or UGA is 
ahead and shoulders above everyone else. So then you look at strength of schedule, right? And you look at who they played. And that's, I mean, I, I would say it'd be more than fair to do that. But I, I see what you guys are saying. And I yeah. think UGA and Michigan are going to be better in the end. And they're going to get better. I'm talking about right now, this week, not what's going to happen week 11. I, 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 to- so. I, to- I, totally, I totally get that. And there's a logical, there's a lo- very logical and rational argument for that. There is not a logical or rational argument for Ohio State jumping Florida State. That, that was totally my whole agree. point. Like, yeah. I, I, totally I can agree, agree with that. We yeah. can debate that. That's a fun debate to have. That's a legitimate debate mm-hmm. to have. But no, it's, it's going to be interesting. We're going to find out. So Great We call. are going to find yeah. out, Trey. Thanks for calling, Thanks, buddy. Man. Call, man. All right, let's go to Hunter in Arkansas. Hunter, what's up? Good morning, boys. Morning. How's up? everybody? Doing, doing good. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm ready for this A&M game. It's How you feeling? That, it's sad that Connor had to be out for this game because that dude's yeah. a stud. Yeah. That, that dude's amazing, and I would like to play the very best. Max Johnson's good, but I, I would like to play the very best that A&M has to offer. Yeah, but you'll take it. And, <laughs> I mean, Rocket's back, Rocket's back so yeah. – uh, our offense should be better, hopefully. Please, yeah. for the love of God. So, you feeling? Are you? Are you? How are you feeling in this? Did the LSU game give you a little confidence last week heading into this one? It gave me. It gave me confidence because I was surprised we played LSU as well as we did. Like I was kind of surprised it was a good enough shootout. Man, Hunter, y'all always I'm, do I'm that. Not, I'm, y'all I'm, always play. I'm, and you, can I say something? I hate this games in September. I hate that they're playing this game really? in September. You want it later in the year? Yeah, I want it later in the year. Am I crazy, Hunter? I I agree with you because, like, Missouri became our Thanksgiving rival. Like what? Like, I don't know, yeah. Like eight years ago or something like that. And I'm like, I don't understand it because, yeah, I'm relatively young, but I don't ever remember Arkansas and Missouri ever having some beef. Yeah, and no. But, like, LSU is Arkansas's big rival. And I was like, that's how I've always said because it's – they play – or LSU always plays Bama the week before, mm-hmm. and we play them right after. And then, like, it's just weird to me that now it's the third week – or third or fourth week of the year. Agreed. I didn't really like it. But, so, I got another thing to say here. Go ahead. I, I have a I have an idea that I think Blaine will like. Mm, Jake let's might go. not as much. Uh-oh. I'm, not, I'm not eating yes, anything is. hot. I'm not getting look, punched look, in the hey, face or in the groin. Hey, it's me and you right now, Hunter. That. All right, don't worry about him. It's me and you. What's up? All right, Hunter, what did you diabolically so, come up with? So we should do a week, like a week where Blaine gets to be like Jake and Jake gets to be Blaine. So like Jake <laughs> has to do all the stuff that Blaine does, like the chats and all that. No, you think I don't think. I don't know if Jake's yeah. ego could take it, dude. My ego <laughs> could take, take it, bro. My, my ego, you, I, I want you to write a week. He's too important. He's too important. We can't do that. Because when you think about it. Oh, you're talking about ego times. of like going over there and reading the chat. I thought you said, what are they saying in chat? I was like, what are they saying? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, it'd like, be like when we used to take the wide receivers and put them in the DB room for a couple of days during fall camp so they could learn what the DBs are, are doing against them yeah. to make them better. I mean, look, we can mix it up. We can like, bring your daughter to work day. It's <laughs> not funny. Like, Jake, both times Jake went to France, David kind of took Jake's role, and Blaine didn't really get a chance. So I feel yeah. like for like a week, 
Hey, man, I'm the black like sheep of the group, dog. No, that's not how it I'm works. I'm the black out. sheep of the group. We alternate in monologues each yeah. day. Yeah. I'm what are you talking about, Hunter? Did you yeah. only watch three days that Hunter, well, listen, listen. Nobody puts baby in the corner. <laughs> Look, hey, I'm just a chat god, dude. I mean, because Blaine's got to do a lot of work. There's like 47 chats. You tell him, Hunter. You tell him. Oh, my God. I'm starting to get I'm, Let's talk about my wages that, yeah. that you paid. Filipina, Hunter, Hunter. How much, Hunter? How much did Blaine? You, came you up, need to call you? in more. You, you know what? Arkansas. Money line <laughs> this weekend. KJ and the how boys. How many five guys hamburgers did Blaine? <laughs> that's exactly right. Great yeah, Hunter, we'll, Hunter. we'll think about it, buddy. That was a good Great call. call Thanks, buddy. man. All right, we got Jack the Spy Guy, 024, up in Minnesota. Oh, line. Jack. I want to see spy kids. Spy God, hope you're not a, hope it's not the Vikings. Uh, you and Jake have something in common. Yeah, I was going to say, I have hope for Minnesota team, but let me tell you, it's not the Vikings because they're giving the ball away like it's a, like they're a charity organization right now. It's the so, twins, isn't it? Yeah, Kirk hadn't bought enough khakis. It, no, he hasn't, but yeah, it is It is the twins. It ain't Kirk. I, 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 I do have hope in the Minnesota twins this year. Now, I know okay. that I'm, I'm just trying to think because we've had a – pretty good year one of the better years that we've had in a while and again we have one of the better pitching squads in all of baseball i think and i'm just hoping that jake jake's promise that he made to me at the beginning of the year follows through that we win at least one playoff game but i'm i'm just thinking like we have probably the best one-two punch for starting pitchers in pablo lopez and sunny gray right now in all yeah listen players. i like over and, too I like Ober, yeah, too. Ober has been okay. I mean, especially when Ober went back down to AAA for like a minute and then yeah. came back up. He's he's really. I think he's got good stuff. On, Joe Ryan's got good stuff. Joe Ryan is good, but I think his home runs hurt him quite a bit, um, mm. obviously. But I, I guess I'm just saying, like, I have really high hopes for him. But I'm also a Minnesota fan that's realistic and yeah. knows that I get let down in the biggest moments. So is my hope warranted? Or am I just like thinking too much of it, and like should I just accept maybe we win one playoff game and then that's okay? Because I'm like I'm Here, not thinking World Series. I'm not thinking World Series because if we because if we get Houston, I do not want to play Houston in the wild card. Because nobody Houston does. Is like it, it's like it's they are like the Golden State Warriors of baseball. Yep, yeah, as soon as the yep. playoffs hit, they are just they just go wild. And plus, if we have like. My biggest fear is if we have like a 91 World Series rematch against the Braves, we would get absolutely murdered. I know. God, I hope that. I hope oh, that. The Braves are going to kill a lot. I love the sound of that. Um, now, here's what I'll say. I say this about football too. Like every year is different, man. Even in baseball, like mm-hmm. you can't. Mm-hmm. Like if trends always stayed the same, nobody would ever get better. Nobody would ever get worse. Now, trends within the same year, right? If I'm looking at at, at trends within the same team in 2023, games one through five, and then at game six, yeah, that matters. But I'm looking at the Twins, man. I mean, you guys are running shop in the division. I know the division isn't fantastic. The Royals are bad. The White Sox are bad. The Tigers are bad. Cleveland, I think, is a good ball club. I don't think they're an elite ball club. But, man, I I just, I feel like the Twins have enough star power, but y'all kind of got that chip on the shoulder roll, too, a little bit. I I would be confident. Yeah. I I would, Jack, I would actually be confident going into this. I wouldn't think about it in, oh, can we just win playoff game or, oh, are we going to blow it again? Believe me, as a Braves fan, I've done enough of that when it comes to the postseason, all right, when it comes to October. Yeah. But with the Twins, man, I would go in there confident. Y'all need to walk in there ready to kick somebody's ass. And as a fan, that's how you should feel about it, man. It's a a new seat. Y'all are here, Mm -hmm. right? Y'all are here. 
It's a new year. It's a new postseason. This is the first time y'all have ever played in the postseason in 2023. It's the first time anybody's played in the postseason in 2023. So I'd approach it like You that. got the pitchers for it. I mean, Pablo Lopez, cheddar. Yeah. Absolute cheddar. Sonny yeah. Gray, locating. So, Sonny's dude, throwing Sonny Gray. darts. Yeah, he's like, Sonny is so, he's like, it's almost Maddox this a little bit. He's, he's like, nasty. outside corner, outside corner. Oh, fastball high end. Just joking. It's a sinker. You're out. <laughs> I, Appreciate I it, Jack. Biggest, I think the biggest, I think the biggest thing real quick uh, is that even with Carlos Correa not having the best year and Byron Buxton basically being injured the whole time, mm-hmm. yeah. we've had some really young guys really step up. Like Royce Lewis is apparently a walking grand slam. Matt Wallner just hits the ball 3,000 feet. And Julian just is, has incredible plate vision for the, the yeah. young guys. So and Julian played at Auburn, blew guy. that yeah. game in the College World Series. Never that forgive him. absolutely tote in the mail. Best, ju- uh, <laughs> best <laughs> dangerous <laughs> Julian. Quit patting your glove. Appreciate it, Jack. Thanks, Thank Jack. You, man. Uh, See you, buddy. All right, let's get one more in here. Uh, there's a special place in America called Daytona Beach. And on that oh. beach, there is a bearded gator, and his name's Jesse. Oh, dude. Jesse, what's up? No, bearded gator brought the smoke last time, but it wasn't hey. smoking gator. There he is. Hey, not 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 bringing as much today, uh, but I, I do enjoy what I uh, apparently started a month ago. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The Hundred Years War. If you build it. <laughs> It'll be talked about for a long time. Yes. Yes. So, uh, two quick things. One, I do have a suggestion because I know there were some people complaining about the phones and not getting through and whatnot. I have a suggestion. You can take it or leave it. But um, if you if you just – since you're call, taking calls every day, if you just limited it to, hey, you get one call per week each – like because some people are calling in five times a week, and that's – that that could be a culprit for for blocking up the lines, and you do like four or five calls a day. Because to be honest, I love the calls, especially lately. But we all listen to the show for you guys and for the guests that you have on. So the idea that you're going to like extend the phone calls to even longer, uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of, just because I want to hear more of of the content that you, you guys prepare. And uh, so that that would be my suggestion: one, one call a week. I think that's enough. You don't. I mean, showing about any one individual booster club member. It's about the whole booster club and you three guys. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. one so one call per week, person you know, per day. week? Are you talking about like one call? Yeah, yeah one yeah. call per person. One call no, per one, person a week. No, that's not a bad idea. Yeah, it's either that I, I can call, I can call or we kill Blaine this week. That's it. And Can't kill someone already dead. It's either that or yeah. make the show longer. Yeah, it's, Dude, yeah, you're it's, coming in with all sorts of good ideas. We love definitely the suggestion box. Yeah, live suggestion. You're hired. Suggestion box. Yeah. <laughs> what are yeah. you doing right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Employee of the month. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll, hey, I'll, I'll take the job, man. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, the other thing is, you're you guys, especially Jake. Your your take on neutral site games, I think, is wrong, man, because. Like, the Florida-Georgia game has to stay in Jacksonville. It's just absolutely electric. These neutral site games, what happens is you sell out half of the stadium for each team's fans. And so every single year, every fan base gets to have 100% involvement and effort. It's intense. It's awesome. And it actually creates an even safer environment amongst fans and the players, too, because it's always half and half. It's never just all in one. And it's just unique. It's different from every other type of type of game. And the argument that it's not really neutral site is like Jacksonville in Florida. Well first off, they're about the same distance. 
from where, like in terms of travel. Still in Florida. You, in se- yeah, but that, okay, well. Then I look at it from a coaching standpoint. Yeah, I got to drive into your state. That ain't a neutral site right. game. You know what a neutral site game okay. is? Okay. You're from Florida. Okay. You're in Arkansas. Let's play this thing in Texas. <laughs> like that's a neutral okay, well, side game I, to me. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But then I'm going to say, why does uh, Georgia get to play in the SEC championship game in Atlanta then? Well, again, okay. We can, we can agree. Like, I'm not saying you're, you should move it. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. So move it to Nashville. Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt will never go. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly Georgia, right. Georgia can't, Georgia can't complain about that. And, mo- and all my Georgia fan friends don't complain about it. It's yeah. outsiders that do. But the bottom line is, is if you're going to have one place where your, your SEC championship is going to be, then you can't, you can't complain or say that, oh, it's not fair here for a neutral site. No, a neutral site is neutral site. Play in Charlotte. Peter Pan. It's just a whining complaint. That it, it, it's fair. It's fair. It doesn't matter the outside location. Half the fans are your fans. Like wouldn't you want to? Wouldn't you want Georgia to come? Yeah, I was say, don't you want Georgia to come to the swamp every other year? Though, wouldn't that be even? Don't you want to win one? <laughs> uh, well, first off, we just won a couple years ago. Like Blaine said or, that, by the way. Not yeah, yeah. He, he piggybacked. No, but like, wait, yeah, ago. wouldn't it's it like, be? A thousand days. Like, well, if that's the case, then why, why does anybody even have a home stadium then? If it's so great, why don't we just have four different stadiums located no, in four different it, regions no, of the country it, where everybody plays no, every game? At? It's the you. You know, I understand. It's the uniqueness of it. I don't want to play all my mm-hmm. games that way. It's the uniqueness of it. You, I mean, you understand that they've been playing this game. They've played more of these games. Than most rivalries, even the big ones that y'all think are the biggest ones. They, they so, so let me, so let me ask you this. Let, let me ask you this. You think it's unfair that Georgia gets to play the SEC championship in Atlanta, right? No, no, you don't. No, I don't have a problem with it. I'm saying people that do have a problem with playing the neutral site in Jacksonville are hypocrites if they don't. With them getting to play the SEC championship. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying there. Okay, I was just making sure because I, I was like, either. yeah. But it, again, I, I always think of a college football home game because the towns run off those big games most of the time in college. Every, it's not like the NBA or the NFL where they're all in big cities. I'm, Auburn needs those home games mm-hmm. to help the town run. Gainesville needs those home games to help the town run. And you're taking one away. You're taking one of those away. So what? You can go make some more money in Miami that gets to host all these big events and stuff like that? I th- That's my whole argument. Not that it's truly not fair. I wouldn't want to do it as a head coach, but I'm not saying it's not fair. But what you're doing is you're hurting economies that run on the college football team. Mm-hmm. Like, that's my whole point. So you're taking money out of their pocket and those hotels' pockets and those restaurants and those mom and pops and those small businesses so you can go play a game in Atlanta? Yeah. Like, that's if, my whole point. Even if you leave, like, a couple of these rivalry ones, like he's talking about, Georgia, Florida, one Texas, Oklahoma, I'm Texas, fine Oklahoma, with that. Texas, Red River shootout, want to meet halfway. And, and that's just a part of the tradition of the rivalry. That's fine. But some of the kickoff games early in the yeah, season. Like, like, like Alabama and Texas having their home and home these past two years awesome. at each other's stadium was awesome. so much better than playing it in Dallas. For it sure. It was so much better. And, no, and that's good for I, those economies. I agree with that. I yeah. agree with that. That's I'm my whole argument. About these rivalries like Florida, Georgia. I'm not talking about brand new like 
these teams have never played or haven't played in a hundred years, so now they're going to mm-hmm. do neutral site. That's stupid. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. But remember, Auburn, Alabama used to do this. Auburn, Alabama used to play in Birmingham, right? That was a home game. 100%. Do you like it it better now? Hell yeah, I like it better. Pat and I fought his ass off. You got to come to the triangle, dog. Come to Jordan You got to come to the Pet Cemetery. That's exactly right. Great call. But, man, that's a worthy discussion. Hey, Bearded Gator, that's a great call, man. We'll think about suggestions. Quickly, quickly. It's a fun argument. All right, Blaine, quick, go. Read bets. Read bets. Get bets out. I'll hit this quick. All right, here we go. I'm going. Three-teamer, right? The Marlins game got rained out uh, when I picked it, so I'm picking three bets today. want to give a shout-out to the for Cleveland yesterday and to the Cubs. Y'all just can't hold on, can you? But it's the Cubs. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Here's what I got tonight. Western Kentucky, TTP over 33-and-a-half. I'm down with TTP. Yeah, you know me. All right. NTSU, I'm taking their TTP, too. I don't think there's a lot of defense over 26-and-a-half. Both of those bets are at minus 125. Then I locked in this sharp early in the week. Jacksonville State, minus six. Over Sam Houston State, who has not had a rush for over 10 yards the whole season. Three bets today? Man, that's bad. Yeah, because my Marlins game got rained out. Again? No, it was from, from two days ago. Day. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so minus 123 on that third bet. All right, well, as much as I complain about betting Major League Baseball, I'm 4 and the past two days, so how do I reward baseball for that? I go to Thursday Night Football here. Exactly. Lions over two and a half touchdowns, minus 130, and then give me Detroit and Green Bay a TD in each half, plus 150. I love it. All right, one and one yesterday, but didn't win my money bets. A little smooth $800 yesterday. Thank you, Yankees, Blue Jays, Royals, Tigers, beautiful, beautiful angels. Um, next time, when I do go one and one, we'll have a different sound on the soundboard that we can hit. I think you'll like it. All right, I'm going with a little over action today. Give me love, over one and a half touchdown passes. That's plus 118. I think he gets into, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that well. Then give me shovel face, Jared Goff, over one and a half touchdown passes. Minus 113. Jared, you're on my fantasy team. Let's play a little game of how many times can we throw to Amaron St. Brown. Let's just play that game today. The sun god. The sun god. Huzzah! Huzzah! The wizard. All right, uh, Ace, 2-0 last night. He's going to go Lions-Green Bay over 46. That's minus 108. And David Montgomery coming off injury anytime touchdown plus a smooth buttery 110. All right, All right quickly. Cole Freen, $2 donation. Yep. LeBron is mid. MJ's a goat and can't stay today, buddy. It's all right, Cole. Dang you it, have a Cole. good one. Um, let's go to Simple Drack. Uh, $5 donation. Does Josh Jacobs finally have a decent game against the Chargers? I'm not picking him to be an anytime touchdown scorer ever again in my person. Josh Literally, Jacobs. the Raiders just say hi and throw Devonta Adams. Which is oh, great. He's on my fantasy team. Those guys that hold out in the offseason, man, they just they never really come, come out. Let's go to Broken Devil Dog, $5 donation. Did MSU set an insurmountable standard when it comes to paying their coaches? What coach is going to go there for anything less than what Tuck got? Uh, if I'm a coach that's worth my salt, I'm not. I know y'all got $77 million in the bank, at least allegedly. Yeah. Uh, let's go to QSMO Jimbo, $5 donation. The biggest matchup I'm concerned about is our O-line versus Clemson's yes. D-line. Yes. We can limit their pressure. We have a shot. Y'all are going to lose. Let's go to Evan McCarville, $2 donation. Can AR still bust seven over this year, or am I crazy? That might be win total. Win total? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I, I agree. Beat the Ravens. Um, D. Holly, seven three nine seven, $5 donation. I think Oregon can win in Seattle. Then they can run the table. I don't know if Utah has the offense to be able to beat the Ducks. Cam's got to come back. With that D, who's going to protect the city at night? It's got to be Cam Rising. All right, let's go to SJ Dillard Park, $5 donation. I got an upset, 24-17 Auburn. But first we got got a Talladega Knights to sing and get thrown in a car car with a Cougar to ride with the fear of first. Some of that Colombian Bam Bam under the car. If I let you win, then how how am I going to win? supposed to win. All right, let's get to the poll. I believe that is all the donations today. Thank you, guys. Chat, great job. Who has a better fantasy game, Jordan Love or Jared Goff? 
Golf. Give me shovel face because he's my face. fantasy quarterback and I need golf. it. Uh, I'm going to say, give me, uh, they said golf, 54%. 55. Jared Golf, 60%. Whoa. Jordan Love. They're the in there. Smoke. Jared if Lions. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you subscribe, share the show, go to the Daily Wire, grab some of that merch, all that good stuff. We really, really appreciate you. Uh, and we will see you tomorrow. Got a big time guest picker as well. Uh, excited to, to talk with him. Make sure you keep checking us out. Make sure you keep calling in. Happy sure birthday, Darby Lou. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Darby Lou. All right. Just like the chances of the Lions running a lot of zone tonight, we're going, going. Woo-hoo, gone. <laughs>